Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. First of all, Jimmy, I don't think I'm ever going to change up that intro. It just, it's the same thing every morning. Um, you know, I could change it up and, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't really, I don't really see a point in it, but I do realize that I say the exact same thing every time, unless you're not on, on here. And then I start to say it and then I have to correct myself, but we got a lot to talk about, man. Uh, first of all, congratulations as a huge Braves fan. Um, I'm sure you had a pretty good night. I know I did, and I, I mean, I don't follow it nearly as closely as you do. So, how was your uh, how was your Tuesday evening, big fella? It it was it was good. It was great. It's something I'll remember the rest of my life. Uh, I don't know if I'll remember this. I got that. Uh, not that this is a uh, public service ad for it, but I got that uh, that COVID booster shot. Uh, so I, I got that on. Monday at five. And uh, for those of, uh, of you guys who have been vaccinated or had the shot, you're going to have some level of, of side effect. And I wasn't sick by any means, but I just felt exhausted, tired, just exhausted, tired. So as I watched the Braves last night, I was in the midst of that still just feel like you got run over by a bus a little bit. I mean, no fever, no sickness again, just kind of a I swear I didn't run a marathon this morning. Why do I feel like this? Uh, so I felt like that. And so I didn't really uh, do too much with the beers. I, I think I had two or three beers, you know, in, in the five hours of pregame and, and then, then the game starting. Uh, and, you know, uh, and then, but I have a, a, a tradition that's neat to me. I, I started this way back in 91 when, uh, when the Braves won uh, you know, when, when the Braves went to the playoffs for the first time in a long time in 91 and actually went on to, to the World Series, uh, I was just 21 years old then. But uh, I would celebrate each time the Braves had a champagne celebration. I'm like, well, I want to play. That looks like fun to me. So even though I'm not a gigantic champagne drinker, I, I have celebrated uh, by drinking champagne every time the Braves do. Every time. So whenever the Braves have a champagne locker room celebration, I drink champagne and I have for every division championship, every playoff series they won, the World Series. I've done that every time since 1991. So I had to last night, even though it was after 11, even though I was exhausted from the COVID booster shot. Uh, so at, at 11 o'clock, I uh, uh, popped a bottle open and celebrated with the team and then stayed up till, you know, one, drinking the bottle and, uh, you know, watching all the interviews and all the celebration. It's a big deal to me. Not quite what it is for Alabama, of course, but uh, Alabama football is always going to be a bigger deal to me. But, uh, but no, I, I do enjoy the Braves. So last night was an a awesome, awesome night. Thank goodness you don't do that with all the uh, Alabama stuff too. Might need to have an <laughs> intervention at some point. <laughs> but a few uh, more 
Alabama has a few more successes uh, than the Braves do. Uh, but oh, oh, how I celebrate the big Alabama stuff. And I hope that we do so again. You know, we're, we're about to talk about this and I'll, I'll launch into it because it just occurred to me now. But I, I, I'm sort of, as everybody knows, and as you know, you know, now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan, but I'm also sort of laid back. And by that, I mean, I don't get too riled up. I don't get mad. I'm not a, you know, a hater of other teams and pro. I, I just support our guys and I'm pretty laid back about it. But the Alabama criticism last night when the rankings came out, that's the, the stuff that gets me fired up. I get, I get mad. I pick at these other teams and their fans that are upset at Alabama over where we're ranked. And I'm like, I am pulling for Purdue this weekend to beat the crap out of Michigan State. <laughs> and I didn't care about it 24 hours ago, but I care about it now. I get that's I get a little fired up about, you know, whether it's Joel Klatt or Cannell or, or, or Brando or anybody that's or just regular fans. Uh, you know, uh, it gets me fired up when I see the anti Alabama, the Alabama hate uh, that's so misplaced uh, to me. Uh, yeah. So, so so now I'm fired up. It's interesting that you bring that up um, because I thought it was kind of strange as well. Now, granted, I understand. I, I personally, I put Michigan State as my number two team. Um, you know, that was my personal opinion. They're an undefeated uh, Big Ten team. The Big Ten looks strong this year. You can make the argument in years past it hadn't been that strong. And, you know, is it just that they're all in the same conference? You know, you, you don't really know. Uh, but I thought, you know, they're they're in the second best conference in college football in the Big Ten. They're undefeated. They're they're fresh off of the number, you know, beating the number six team in the country who was only uh, or only dropped one spot. Um, you know, where I guess the, I, with the college football playoff rankings, they checked in uh, at number seven. And plus, it was you know they have a common denominator game with Alabama with Miami. And even though Alabama beat Miami by more points, Michigan State still uh, won by three scores, uh, three touchdowns. And so... At their place. Yeah, it certainly does. And so with all of that combined, I thought, okay, you know, the fact that Alabama did slip up once against a good team, I, I'm, I don't want to hear nothing about unranked. That's completely irrelevant. You can put it down. That, that just pisses me. It pisses yeah. me off that refer to Texas A&M as unranked because I'm sitting here looking at the rankings and there's a 14 right next to them. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I don't care. It's like I said, I think they put a lot of emphasis on getting over the hump this year and beating Alabama and they didn't give enough attention to what ended up being, you know, I, I understand Arkansas has, has fallen off quite a bit, but Arkansas, it was a good football team back then. And I still think they're a good football team. I think they have a ridiculously tough schedule and, you know, they just, they caught them off guard and, you know, or, um, and then the second loss of course was against Mississippi state. If I'm not correct. Yeah. That, That's right. Yeah. I, I'm trying to, now I'm looking at all my notes and I've, I've yeah. obviously mistyped some things on here and I'm going to have to now, it is what it is. Point being, it was Mississippi state and Mississippi state is now a very good football team. They're ranked in the top, you know, 20 at number 17, which I thought was a little bit surprising. And we're going to get into all that stuff and, you know, talk about it. And we're going to talk about Oklahoma and Cincinnati and, and we're just going to react to all of it. But from Alabama's perspective, Texas A&M is a very, very good football team. And the committee obviously recognizes that they have two losses, but they are being respected in their current rankings. Alabama went on the road. They only lost by, you know, it was a last second game winning field goal. 
Uh, they did not play well at all in that game, but they still had an opportunity to win it. This isn't struggling against Kansas or struggling against, you know, Nebraska or Tulane. This was a, a top 15 football team on the road in a very tough environment to play in. And I think that the committee respects that. They've also beaten uh, Ole Miss soundly, who's the number 16 team in the country. They handed the number 17 team in the country, Mississippi State, a 40-point loss, and Alabama went on the road to do that. So Alabama's got a very good resume. They've got a great strength of schedule. You know, some of these teams, you know, LSU is not quite what we thought it was going to be. You know, that's unfortunate. But at the same time, Auburn coming up, that's going to be another one. You know, you got to think, if you're Alabama, if you want to get to the college football playoff, you would have had to have gone through the number 16 team, 14 team, 17 team, 13 team, and the number one team in Georgia if you want to get there. If Alabama does get there, they will certainly have earned it. And, I, you know, there's been some people that have said, you know, maybe Alabama, they, they're positioning Alabama to still get in with a second loss. I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I think that they, they believe right now that Alabama is the second best team in the country, but they also understand you're going to have to step up and prove it. And if you don't beat Georgia, you're out. I think that the committee is human, and they're going by the eye test. And I, I, I'm not saying that I, I necessarily fully agree with them putting them ahead of Michigan State, but certainly agree with them putting them ahead of Oregon or Ohio State or Cincinnati or anybody else. I think the only team that has an argument right now is Michigan State. And if you really were to ask me, hey, do you think that Alabama is a better football team than Michigan State? Absolutely, I do. But, I, you know, based off of what we know, I would more so understand that argument than I would some of these others. Yeah. Um, yeah. To that point, and, and I'm, I'm probably going to help you uh, beat the dead horse here, but um, I, I'm with you, Clint, totally. I, I would have put Michigan State number two. Uh, that, that's what I would do. I would have had uh, Georgia one, Michigan State two, Alabama three. That, that That's the way I would have done it. But at the same time, let me ask you these basically rhetorical questions because I know what your answer is going to be this weekend Michigan State plays at Purdue do you not agree that there is a very reasonable chance Purdue may win that game are you saying that I are am yeah. I, do I'm, I think I'm not that, predicting Purdue to beat Michigan State don't you agree that Purdue might beat Michigan State yeah it wouldn't completely shock me no okay um, if Alabama was playing at Purdue this weekend, uh, off the top of your head, what score would you predict? Oh, off the top yeah, it would be. Alabama. It would definitely be a large uh, victory for Alabama at Purdue yeah. in Tuscaloosa. Doesn't matter. Uh, I would put them easily um, winning by you 40, know forty to ten. Yeah, it would be. It would be ugly. Okay, yet we're we're agreeing that Michigan State may lose that game. So, I mean, that's that's kind of my point about I would have put Michigan State to again, don't get me wrong. I would have put Michigan State to. But I think by just discussing their game with Purdue, uh, me and you are realizing, you know, we think more of Alabama. We do. And of course, we're a little biased a little bit, but I, me and you both, we think more of Alabama. We think Alabama is better than Michigan State or we wouldn't be saying things like Michigan State might lose to Purdue and Alabama would drum Purdue. Well, and here's the thing, too. Any bias that we might have, and I, I, I do try, I've always said my big thing is I would tend to one rather be right than be biased. I don't feel like yeah. being biased does anything for you. It would only cloud your judgment. Um, yeah. And I understand that when Alabama's the top program in the country and 
it really doesn't matter. Even if they step on the field against Georgia, if I were to have a very you know positive view of how that game could play out for Alabama, I have a lot of justification for that. It's not like I'm, you know, it's a four and four Alabama team going against Georgia and I'm over here pumping sunshine saying that they, I think they have a good shot of winning the game. You know, it's just, and, and that how unbiased I am will probably be, and same for you, will probably need to be revealed once Alabama starts to drop off a little bit. And then people realize, you know, there's going to be games where you're going into and you're saying, okay, I don't think this is an automatic for Alabama. In fact, I think Alabama is going to lose this weekend. I can't tell you the last time I went to a college football game that Alabama was participating in. And I said, you know what? I really think Alabama is going to lose this weekend. I've always said this team could beat Alabama, certainly. But as long as Alabama plays up to Alabama's standard, and you don't always know when that's going to happen, but you can fairly consistently know that you're probably going to get that on a week in, week out basis. Now, this year's a little bit different, but you know, as long as they play up to that standard, they not only have a chance to win the football game, they're likely to win the football game. That's just where the program is at. It's the number one program in the country. But just when you look at the resume and you look at, you know, how Alabama has looked at Tom's, the fact that you can tell that they're a young football team and they're still putting some things together, especially offensively, and they're still doing what they've done. Uh, they, you know, yeah, for a while they struggled against Tennessee. Uh, they struggled against Florida late, certainly. They, you know, lost to Texas A&M on the road. They have not looked like a, a wonderful football team, but we're not also, we're not going to try to compare this to, you know, past seasons, you know, two years ago, you know, you, where you got all these good football teams and you're still putting Alabama at number two. I think that Georgia is clearly the number one team in the country, but there's an argument to be made for several teams for that number two spot. But if, if you take a step back and you don't really, you, you don't worry about wins, you don't worry about losses. You say, if I had to pick two teams, Royal Rumble style. Let's throw all these teams into a uh, into an arena and see which two comes out on top. Who are you betting on? You're betting on Alabama and you're betting on Georgia. That, that's the bottom line. And if you're being unbiased about it, um, that's exactly what you're doing. And, and there's a flip side to the, you know, oh, well, you're just being biased because you cover Alabama. There's also uh, you just hate Alabama because you're sick of them being successful. And even if you cover college football like a Danny Canal, on a more national scale, you're tired of Alabama having success. And so you have a bias against Alabama. And so you're going to make arguments that are not logical and not based in any sort of factual or, you know, well-researched uh, information. It's all based off of your bias against Alabama. Yeah. The, the, uh, there's Alabama getting the breaks again, crowd as if Alabama has backdoored their way into six national championships in 12 years. It's, maybe Alabama is right where they are because they're good. I, I, I know that would, that, you know, that, that Canels and the, and the Joel Klatz will find that a shocking opinion that Alabama might be really good. Uh, but, you know, nevertheless, a lot of it is settled on the field. I'm more excited than ever after the rankings, like I said, about the games and the games being played. And let's see who wins and loses these games. And, uh, I, I just wrote a post on the on the BCS uh, Bam on three message board uh, that people uh, I think should read. But I laid out some scenarios because here, here here's this general statement, Clint, of, about Alabama's position as it relates to where they are in the in the playoff rankings. And I agree with the general supposition that look, Alabama's situation is simple: went out, including beating Georgia and Atlanta, went out. And Alabama's in the playoff. I don't even think Cannell and Clatt would disagree with that. A 12 and one 
SEC champion that beat the consensus number one team in the conference championship game, that team's getting in the playoff this year and every year in history, uh, backwards or forwards. So if Alabama wins out, beats Georgia and Atlanta, they're in. I also agree generally with the idea that if Alabama loses again, uh, be it to Auburn in Auburn or to Georgia in Atlanta, Alabama's out. I agree with that generally. And it's because no two-loss team has ever been in the playoff. There's never been a two-loss team in that playoff. And it would be insane to just assume that an exception will be made for Alabama. I, but as I put on the board uh, just, just recently, just, just a couple of hours ago, look, it's not just about can we put a two-loss Alabama team in. That's not, the com- that's not the question that the committee will answer or even care to answer. What the committee is doing is putting the four best teams in, the four best resumes. Who has proven on the field that they're one of the four best teams? And there could be outcomes in other games and other conferences that could happen. Maybe it's the chances are small, but – there's no guarantee there will be a one-loss champion out of the Pac-12. There's no, there's not going to be a one-loss champion out of the ACC. So that's two Power Five conferences we can just take out altogether. The Big 12, sort of a mess. The Big 10 has a bunch of good teams. They might all beat each other twice. That could happen. So all this stuff could happen to where if Alabama lost to Georgia at the end, Alabama's still among the four best simply because there's no one else to pick who, you know, no one else may have the resume. So when I, I just want to say that just as like, Hey, I, I, I'm not going to say Alabama with two losses is definitely out. I would rather use the term probably and yeah, probably so because well, there's never lost team in and, and the chances of it would be small, but it does exist. It is possible. Let's say Ohio State wins out and they hand Michigan State a loss and they hand, you know, Michigan another loss. They're going to be in. Let's say Georgia, you know, finishes undefeated. They're definitely in. Let's say Oregon loses another game but wins the Pac-12. Let's say, yeah, you know, let's say Wake Forest drops a game. And, and, you know, at that point, even if they're ACC champs, they're still not viewed favorably. Let's say, you know, Oklahoma drops a game with the way they've played this season maybe big 12 champs at that point, you know, you start seeing some of those scenarios and then you start looking at it and you say, okay, a, a one loss Michigan state team that didn't win the big 10 or a, you know, one loss wake forest team that won the ACC or a, you know, um, I think that Alabama, a two loss Alabama in that scenario with all that stuff playing out, if they lost a second game, I could see them still getting in over an undefeated Cincinnati. I really do. I just don't think the committee wants them there. You know, to me, you know, I, and I said going in, I think that they're going to move Cincinnati out of the top four because if you put Cincinnati in the top four and they continue to handle business, not just win, but win big because they have nobody impressive left on their schedule, and then you pluck them out of the top four at the last second, that's going to be a much worse look than if you didn't have them up there and you just chose not to move them up. You know, so I, I always thought that was going to be the case, but I thought they were going to be checking in at number five. The fact that the committee puts them in at number six – I don't even know if them going undefeated at this point is going to get them in, even over a two-loss Alabama. But so you, the debate would then become, you know, maybe a a two-loss Oregon team that wins the Pac-12, 
a one-loss Wake Forest team that wins the ACC, which I think would probably have the strongest case at that point, but still the ACC is very down this year. No one's going to deny that. A one-loss Michigan State team that didn't win the the Big Ten or a two-loss Alabama team uh, that didn't win the SEC. I think in that scenario, sure, Alabama, two-loss Alabama, it's possible, but all of that stuff would have to happen, and I highly doubt it does happen. That's first of all. Second of all, I think that them being ranked number two right now sets up well for Georgia, not Alabama. Because what I think it's already doing is the, is the committee saying, if Alabama goes undefeated the rest of the way, they win a close one you know, against Georgia in the SEC championship. They're already setting it up to make sure that Georgia is going to be included as well. You know, If it's the number three team and the number four team, pretty much the same thing at that point. It's a playoff caliber team. But when you say you think Alabama and, and Georgia are clearly the two best teams in the country and Alabama gets a close win, you know, I think, and, and everybody's assumed that already, that if Georgia wins out in the regular season, what happens in the SEC championship game is not going to matter. I just think Alabama being at number two solidifies that for Georgia. Yeah, uh, that that's all completely correct insofar as I see it. I'm wondering if we're heading towards, let's say, Alabama loses to Georgia uh, in, in the end. Are, are we heading towards a fourth and final spot coming down to two-loss non-champion Alabama versus undefeated Cincinnati. I think the committee is likely to choose Alabama and send the country into a absolute tizzy. <laughs> I mean, but I, I think it's kind of realistic. Cincinnati, everybody wants to give them a lot of credit for beating Notre Dame. I do, too. I think it's one of the best wins this year, period, is Cincinnati's win over Notre Dame. But if Cincinnati gets – finishes undefeated and, and that's their resume clint their second best win will be houston and their third best win will be smu and their fourth best win would be central florida i mean how how, how are you going to say that that resume trumps what alabama's would be uh should alabama finish 10 and 2 with wins over you know, at Auburn, at Florida, at Mississippi State, um, LSU, Miami, uh, some some Ole Miss, you know, and, and and won most of those games by a substantial margin. You know, um, Cincinnati's resume, game one through game thirteen, would just simply not hold up to Alabama's. They might have a better win. Their win at Notre Dame might trump any one specific win Alabama's got, but Alabama will have five or six good wins. Cincinnati will have 1.5 if you want to give them, you know, Houston and SMU. Well, and here's the thing. It's you have a human element and and that's, it comes into play. Everybody tries to say, oh, it's all about what your resume, you know, depicts. And it's like, then what's the point? Then, then go to a machine but the human element is the entire goal of the college football playoff is to put the four best teams in, get the four best teams in. And so it's all about making your impression on a human aspect or a human element in order to make your case. And so for, for Alabama, you're playing a much tougher schedule than Cincinnati. So your goal is to win football games. If you're Cincinnati and you want to make an impression on the committee, you can't just win football games. You have to look pretty much flawless. You have to look perfect. You can't struggle against one of those teams. You know, Alabama can struggle against a four and four Florida squad on the road. And the committee's going to look at that and say, I get it, but they still won. They still went to the swamp. 
And, and I understand that Florida may not be as good as they were last year, but it's still freaking Florida. And so it's not going to be viewed as such a, a big deal as it would be if Cincinnati struggled against one of those mediocre teams that's on their schedule. It's just the fact of the matter. I mean, that's the way that it's been structured, and I like that. And if you start to say, oh, I mean, you know, because one of my big arguments, and we'll talk a little bit about Oklahoma because a lot of people are upset about that, especially Oklahoma fans. And, you know, when you start looking at their schedule, a one and seven Tulane team, a two and six Western Carolina, three and six Nebraska, four and four West Virginia, um, you know, one and seven Kansas, a, a three and five TCU. You have what? One, two, three, four teams with a 500 or better record that you've played. And the best record of the team that you have played is a five and three Kansas squad. Texas is four and four right now. They're probably the actual best team you've played. But not only that, it's like in that instance, if your schedule is not going to be as tough as Alabama's, you have to look fantastic, you know, going through that schedule. If you struggle one week, maybe the committee can get past that. But when you're, you know, struggling, you almost lose to a Tulane. You almost lose to a Nebraska. You almost lose, you know, go ahead. They were behind to Kansas, like in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, at this point, they have won five of those games, five of their nine games this year. They've won by one score or less. And the combined record of their opponents is 28 and 46, an awful record. And that's not just one, you know, several teams that are doing bad. And they played that one team that's doing pretty good. Like I said, the best record of any team they've played is Kansas State at five and three. And everybody else is either at 500 or one game above 500. And there are several who are two and six, one and seven, uh, you know, three and six. So the fact that they've struggled and granted, you know, eight, maybe that was a little bit far down. I I personally, I thought that they probably should have been ranked ahead of Michigan. But at the same time, I understand it because Michigan's played a much tougher schedule and they've actually looked pretty good. Now they've had some close games as well. And they also have a loss, but you know, Oklahoma really doesn't have an argument or a leg to stand on here when it comes to how they're being viewed compared to Alabama. Now, they play Baylor and Oklahoma State down the stretch. So, again, none of this is over. We, we have several weeks and several huge games to go. And for anybody upset about the rankings, they just need to remember that this isn't over. And the committee has, in my opinion, gotten it right every year. Uh, I, I don't know if, if, if I can recall that, that I think they're batting 1,000, but if they're not, they're batting 900. I mean, the, the committee uh, has done a very, very good job every year of, of getting it right at the end. And no one should be upset about where we are right now. Again, there are legions of Michigan State fans upset right now that they're not number two. And what are those people going to say What if they lose to Purdue on Saturday? Purdue. Even if it's kept close, which is also a possibility. I mean, and, and here's the thing. When you're comparing Oklahoma to Alabama, you have to, and here's, I don't like that people like RJ Young uh, on Twitter, I don't like when they, they try to make this argument, can't play in hypotheticals. That's, that's exactly what we're doing. We're, we're running through a million hypotheticals with all these teams. And, and, if, and at that point, and I understand that if, for, if there's anybody that's sticking to his formula, I'll give RJ Young credit because what I'm about to say, he certainly, he, he would say, oh, I'm totally cool with that. But, you know, if you're going with hypotheticals and you're going based off of just wins and not screwing up and not losing, why isn't UTSA in the college football playoff? Why, aren't they, or why are they not a top four team? Um, right. Oh, because you can look at that and say, okay, yeah, they are undefeated, but we can look at them and say they're not on the caliber of some of these other teams. 
we can look at them and say that their schedule is not as good as a lot of these other teams. Now you've opened the door for it right there. If you don't have, you know, UTSA up there ahead of, you know, Ohio State and Oregon and Alabama and all these people on your, you know, college football playoff rankings, then you have zero room to talk because you're willing to do the same thing that you're upset about with the way that the committee is handling Alabama's one loss compared to Michigan State being undefeated. You can look at those two teams and say, I think Michigan State's very good. But I think Alabama's the better football team, and I'm going to rank them as such. I think right now, Alabama and Michigan State and Oregon and Ohio State and you know anybody else are better football teams than Oklahoma right now because of what you've been able to see. I, I just I don't understand this argument of oh you can't play in hypotheticals. That's all the college football playoff is. There's a human ele- element to it, and I've never understood why people say that stuff. And Oregon's loss, by the way. Oregon just behind Alabama and Michigan State. Oregon's loss is terrible. It's the worst loss, I guess, of, of really the top 15 teams. They're still at number four, but their loss to Stanford, far worse than the Alabama loss, worse than the Ohio State loss, worse than the Michigan loss, worse than the Notre Dame loss. Uh, I, I, I wasn't crazy about Oregon at four because of just how bad the Stanford loss is, but at the same time realizing Oregon – does have the fantastic road win at Ohio State and uh, has some other pretty good wins over some good uh, Pac-12 teams or, you know, some some pretty good Pac-12 teams like UCLA. Uh, but gosh, uh, overall, I, I think, I think again, I, I, I think the, the committee largely got it right. We, we did, just did uh, publish this morning an article on the Bama on three site comparing the BCS rankings to the AP rankings. Uh, I find it very funny that the BCS, I mean, the, the CFP rankings get just murdered and uh, there's very little criticism of the AP rankings, which largely mirror the CFP rank. They're very similar. If you stack them up side by side, you have to get like all the way down to 16 before there's wide discrepancy. You get all the way down to 16 before there's any real discrepancy. The, the, the In the top 16, the largest difference between the CFP poll and the AP poll is just four spots. And it is Cincinnati and Oklahoma that are four spots lower in the CFP than they are in the AP, but just four spots. That's not a lot. That's not dramatic. Uh, the, the AP poll largely mirrors the CFP poll where there's huge differences. And there are some, the huge differences is at the bottom of the poll where at the bottom of the Associated Press poll, there's a bunch of teams from the group of five that have really good records like Coastal Carolina and Saint, you know, uh, uh, Fresno, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, uh, teams that have sparkly seven and one type records from the group of five all find their way into the bottom of the AP poll. The bottom of the college football playoff poll is power five teams that have one or two nice wins. Uh, usually Big Ten teams, usually SEC teams. There could be two lost teams. There could be three lost teams like Mississippi State, like Wisconsin. But those teams also have good wins against other Power Five teams. So you could see what the CFP values. The CFP values quality wins against quality competition, whereas the AP poll, they just tend to value wins, period. You hit the nail on the head there the perfect representation of that is Mississippi state because they are a five and three team, but you really, and I I said this going into that Alabama game that I thought they were better than their record showed because they did have two losses at the time, 
but they were by a combined five points. Now, it was to LSU and it was to Memphis. You can make the argument, well, those are just mediocre football teams. But it, it still, it was a combined five points there. But when you looked at their, not the time, their only, you know, big time win, or they actually had two pretty quality wins. NC State wasn't viewed quite as favorably as they are now. But, you know, they had just beat Clemson, if, if I'm not mistaken. That was starting to make them get a little bit more respect, and they had crawled into the top 25. And then they had uh, beaten Texas A&M at the time. Now they've beaten Kentucky. So that's three top 20 victories for this team. And two of your three losses are by a combined five points. And your third loss is to the number two team in the country who normally handles their business against, uh, you know, a, a lot of teams. And granted, it was an ugly loss. Don't get me wrong. But it was kind of in the same way that Texas A&M last year, their one loss was to Alabama, but it was a huge loss. And so people, you know, even though it was a huge loss, they still said it was Alabama. This is kind of just what they do to people a lot of the time. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. And and so I think that, you know, it was something that I didn't think about going in. I, when they beat Kentucky, I thought maybe they could sneak into the top 25. But I didn't expect them at number 17. But if, when you really look at it, in a lot of ways, based off of their resume and who they've beaten and how their losses have happened and, and kind of who their losses have happened to, I, I, I'm not upset with it. I don't hate it whatsoever. And they just beat Kentucky. So I understand them checking in ahead of Kentucky. And I'll give the, the committee credit because I thought there's not many things that you can argue against a team like Oregon going on the road and beating Ohio State in their house. As far as trying to compare, okay, who's the better football team? Because that's what you're trying to determine here. Not a whole lot of argument against. Now, granted, it's any given Saturday, right? I mean, you know, if these two teams played again, Ohio State could win the next one. But Oregon proved it on the field. But I didn't think the committee would respect that enough. I thought that they would put Ohio State as that number four team. I did think Cincinnati would be, you know, on the outside looking in. I thought Oregon would be at number six. They put Oregon, because of that head-to-head, they put them ahead of Ohio State. And I, you know, personally, I respect it. Do I think they're the, the better of the two football teams? No, I think Ohio State's the fourth best team in the country right now. But I also say, you talk about hypotheticals, there's nothing hypothetical about going to Columbus and, and beating Ohio State. So I, I liked it and I didn't like it, but I, I do respect the committee because they say it's all about who you play. It's all about how you look when you play. So um, is there anything else that you want to add as far as the college football playoff rankings and just kind of how you view things moving forward? Yeah, it's just reiterating what we've just said, but I think it's just the best example. If you can walk away from this with one example of what we're saying about how the committee views the college football world or the landscape differently than the Associated Press, who's been voting, I think, since 1933. Um, the highest ranked team in the college football playoff rankings that's unranked in the AP poll is Mississippi State. There's 17 in the CFP, that's pretty dang high, 17 and unranked in the AP poll, but they are 17th on the strength of those quality wins that you went over that you just talked about. The CFP cares about those quality wins, doesn't care so much about the three in the loss column when they look at who those, those three are. Conversely, in the AP poll, UTSA, Texas, San Antonio, 16 in the AP poll unranked in the CFP. Why is that? Well, there's a gaudy 8-0 and record next to their name. That's why they're so high in the AP. How many quality wins do they have? Zero. None. They've beaten no one of any consequence at all. Therefore, they're not in the CFP. So for those folks who don't like the CFP rankings, who think that's, that, that's a farce, 
then you can stick with the AP uh, who doesn't care uh, who you've played. They just care about your record. But to those people, I would say this. I would have this brief conversation with them. I would point out that, you know, the Dodgers and the Giants this year in Major League Baseball won 104 games, which is um, – or maybe even 106. It's just unbelievable to play a Major League schedule and win 106 games. But they did not have the best record in professional baseball. Not the, not the Dodgers, not the Giants. The best record in professional baseball this year was from a Tampa Rays Class A team. A Tampa Rays Class A team won 75% of the games. They ended up this year something like, and I'm making up this number, but, but they did end up something like 69 wins and 14 losses, which is just outrageously good. So to the fans of the AP poll, I would say, why didn't we see that Class A team from Tampa in the Major League playoffs? I mean, they won 75% of their games. Why aren't they in the Major League playoffs along with the Dodgers and the Giants and the Atlanta Braves? And that person would say, you know, you're really stupid, Jimmy. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. They can't play in the Major League playoffs. They're in the minor leagues. Well, so is Texas San Antonio. So is Cincinnati. They're not in the major leagues. That's the SEC. That's the Big Ten. And I know that frustrates people because they're like, no, 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 they're all in the same league. Well, those Tampa Class A guys are professional baseball players. You know, the, the college football playoff committee cares about who you beat, not how many wins you have. That is 100% accurate. And earlier, a few weeks ago, I made, you know, at this point, if we're speaking about just going undefeated and stuff, let's let's throw Hoover High School in there as well, you know, in R.J. Young's r- rankings, you know. I mean, and if you sit there and say, you're speaking in hypotheticals, if you say that Hoover High School would get beat by Michigan State right now, you don't know that. They, they're they not going to play. You, I mean, well, you're speaking in hypotheticals. I mean, it's like it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And like I said, if it was a computer, and some people want to go back to that, but we had flaws with the BCS, which is why we switched in the first place. There were many, many flaws. And for Cincinnati, you know, speaking to them specifically, to be fair, um, they're part of the problem. You know, they're they're the ones that are now involved in this whole alliance thing that is fighting against expanding the college football playoff. And I do think it will fix a lot because you will no longer have to be debating between a Pac-12 champion and an ACC champion you know, or, or whatever you won't, you won't have those issues. If you expand it to 12 or whatever it is that you want to do eight, I don't care what you do, but just by expanding it at all, you're eliminating those conversations. You'll still have conversations. There'll still be teams that you will say, you know, uh, does Auburn deserve to be in a 12 team playoff? Uh, if they lose to Alabama with, with three losses, you know, does Texas A&M, you know, does NC state, does UTSA deserve a spot in the top 12 and a spot in the college football playoff? You know, th- those are all debates that will happen but a lot of the major stuff, you need to take care of your Power Five conferences. That's the bottom line. That's what makes college football run. Everybody knows that those are the best teams in the country come from Power Five conferences 99 out of 100 times. And if you want the best college football playoff and to put the best teams in, you need to make sure that maybe you know, you're including as many of those as possible. One thing we've seen with college football, even you know, if Georgia plays Oregon or Ohio State or Cincinnati or Michigan or Oklahoma, you know, a lot of these teams, in my opinion, it would get very ugly. They would not be that, you know, we, we watched against Florida. We saw what happened, how quickly things can change. I think that would happen against a lot of teams. So whether you got four, whether you got 12, there's going to be blowouts, but you would just eliminate a lot of the problems with conference champions and things like that. 
But that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, we talked a little bit longer than I was expecting. No surprise there. Tomorrow we'll be talking about Alabama and LSU, and it's going to be you know quite interesting. There were some comments that were made by uh, Ed Orgeron today talking about what he said in 2019, and we'll talk about that more tomorrow. We'll talk about some matchups and what, you know, kind of what to expect. Alabama's a four-touchdown favorite right now, but a lot can change. But, uh, Jimmy, I appreciate you hopping on here with me and talking some uh, – updated college football playoff rankings starting Heck next yeah. week um you know this was kind of all new you know with it being the first uh reveal of the first set of rankings but starting next week we'll probably just make it a part of our weekly stuff and we won't dedicate an entire episode to it but on wednesdays following the reveal of the latest rankings we'll talk about them and kind of hash some things out and if anybody's got any questions feel free to ask i mean i'd I have no problem sharing my opinion. Uh, I'm sure there's probably 20 things that I'd wanted to mention uh, talking about these rankings that I've totally forgot about, but that's just part of it. But, Jimmy, I appreciate you hopping on here with me, and we'll have to do this again tomorrow. We will. Looking forward to it. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Bama on 3 show. I'm your host, Clint Lamb.